Long Beach Sermons, visit us at citychurchlongbeach.org. Amen and good morning. Go ahead and have a seat, friends. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, hi. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Brenna Rubio, and I'm one of the co-pastors here at City Church of Long Beach, where we try our best to be a radically welcoming community on the journey towards Jesus, joining him in the renewal of all things. So a big welcome to all of you gathered here in person. I know we have some folks joining us on Zoom as well, and you are so welcome, and even a handful of folks out on our patio. It is such a gorgeous fall morning. Is anybody else just enjoying the cooler weather? Yes! Woo, finally feels like fall. Well, thanks so much for coming and spending this beautiful day with us. We are just really glad to be here together. Um, just a, a time to connect with each other, with our own selves, and with God as well. So one of the things that we love to do on any given Sunday morning is that we love to pray over our kids because we think kids are pretty awesome. Uh, and so in a moment, our friend Victoria Lum is going to come up here and pray for our kids. And then kids, if you want to, and your parents say, okay, we'll send you out with our fearless leaders to have some fun. Um, so would you welcome Victoria up with me as she comes to pray for our kids? Hello, uh, let's pray. Uh, dear God, thank you for the kids. Um, thank you that they're such a blessing in our lives. And I pray you just bless this time. Amen. Amen. All right, kids, you are welcome to come out with your leaders and go have some fun. Hey, and here's Bill. Hey, friends. Uh, I think I need to, oh, am I on? I am on. Great. Uh, I am Bill White. I am the other co-pastor here. Um, and it is really good to be together today. This is so great. Um, Wow, I just, I see you and I think I kind of feel special. You know, I mean, it's just, it's kind of fun. It's just like, they're good people here. They're good people online. Yeah, just feeling grateful today for you. Um, so we are in a sermon series right now in the book of Jonah. And we've been having a lot of fun uh, with Jonah. So if this is your first Sunday, um, I, I won't be able to catch you up on it. But, you know, there's some satire in the book of Jonah. There's some other stuff going on. We're not going to unpack that today. Today, we're getting to the fish. So last week, we actually talked about the fish. We talked about the mirror, you know, are there miracles? And Brenna did this piece on sacrifice, like why did the sailors sacrifice? You know, all this stuff, right? Trying to unpack. Today, we're actually inside the fish praying, okay? And I was just thinking that uh, as I look through this prayer that Jonah prays, I was going to be really fun for us just to kind of go through it verse by verse. Like, hey, he prayed this and this and this. And think about us and how we pray and how we connect to God or don't. And to think a little bit about our own spiritual journeys because it's, it's, it's put here for, for us. And to actually think about like, how do, you, how do we do the, that prayer thing? Particularly when things are hard. So that's, uh, that's what we're looking at today, and we're in Jonah chapter 2, and I'd like to invite up Anna Martinez, who's going to read scripture for us. So if you'd welcome up Anna. A dramatic pause. <laughs> Have your mask. You can do mask on, but we might hear you better with your mask off. Okay. Oh, you're good, actually. You're good. 
Jonah 2, um, verse 1 through 9. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath, barred me in forever. But you, Lord, my God, brought me, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord. People of God, this is the word of God. Thanks so much, Anna. So great. So here we are in this, uh, in this prayer. Jonah is, is stuck in the fish. Verse one, and we're just we're just going to kind of walk through it, and and just listen for what the spirit might be saying to you. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. From inside the fish, it's this great picture, right? Of like you just you're stuck. It's not where you want to be. It's smelly, it's bad, it's awkward, it's, uh, it's, it's the depths, it's the worst, it's suffering, it's trial, it's that situation that you can't get out of. And what Jonah does is Jonah prays. And what, what you hear in Jonah's prayer is you realize that sometimes it's in these situations, the painful ones where there's actually most intimacy in our prayer. Jonah's been running up to this point and now finally takes a moment to stop and to pray. This might be the case for you and for me. We've got a lot going on, man. We're running, we're moving. But it's when things head south that we actually go, oh, no, I, maybe, I should, maybe I should stop and pray. And there's a, really an invitation here in this prayer to, to stop and to look. Because in each of our lives, there are some places that are messy. Maybe we've been running from. So today, there's going to be a lot of pauses 
a chance for us to reflect and say, okay, how do I maybe look at some of that stuff? I want to read a letter from a woman at City Church who shared this with her friends, shared uh, and shared it with me by permission. Um, I'm just going to read the, the top half right now, but she says, for as long as I can remember, I have longed for a better time and a better place. For years, I felt like I had been swallowed by a great big whale. She wrote this at the end of the summer, so, um, and I got a copy of it. It's just great. I felt abandoned, and I was drowning. I felt like life was just random acts put together. She goes on, and uh, we'll, we'll read more of it later, but there's a sense, right? Um, she feels swallowed up by a whale. Um, I invite Stephen. Why don't you come up? Stephen's our fearless musician is going to just play a little bit of music here, and we're just going to pause. We don't need to like go through a whole sermon until we actually pause and think. Take a minute. Think about your life. Is is there? Are you in a, in the belly of a whale somewhere? Could you pause? And I'm not saying you need to pray, but at least maybe you could say, "Okay, God, I'm going to think about being open to praying." because there are going to be some other pauses in here too. So we'll just take a minute and reflect on what, what part of your life where you feel stuck. Press on now. Thank you. That was so great. So here's how Jonah starts his prayer. In my distress, I called to the Lord. And that's the, the personal name for God. That's Yahweh. And he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help. And you listen to my cry. Like, okay, I'm, I'm praying. Here I, here I am. Um, there are a couple of interesting things about this prayer. One is um, Jonah is, is taking advantage of some of the resources of his past spiritual life. 
Um, no doubt growing up, Jonah heard a lot of these, the prayers of the Bible, the book of Psalms. And he quotes one of them in that verse from Psalm 18. He's going to quote Psalm 30 and Psalm 42 and Psalm 69. A lot, a lot of the sort of big ones, the famous ones for, for folks in that age. And it reminds me, I just got to thinking about this, that some of us, not all of us, but some of us come from religious traditions that we have walked away from or felt maybe cast out of or distanced from. Sometimes in, in those moments of distress, there are resources that you have that you can draw on back from your past. And that's a gift. It's not always the case. For Jonah, it was. But it's a chance to look back. I know many of us have been wounded. Uh, that's kind of part of the ethos of City Church. A lot of folks around City Church have been hurt by the church, right? Um, it doesn't mean that there's no good thing in our past. There's a lot that could still draw on, like what Jonah does. Another little piece of this puzzle here is, as Jonah's praying, notice that he's praying in the past tense, right? So look at verse 2 again. He says, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. So he's actually talking about a, a former crisis, primarily in this prayer. But then let's, let's move into this, this prayer. So verse 3, um, listen to the blame game that, that Jonah prays. Right? It's great. I love it. It actually makes me really happy. Right? There's anger and there's blame in his prayer because a good, honest prayer, you're going to get down into your emotions, and there are probably some things you're upset with God about. So this is what Jonah says. You hurled me into the depths into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. Like, guy, why did you do this to me? Now, for those who have been here the last couple of weeks, you realize it was actually the sailors who threw Jonah into the sea, not God. And it was actually Jonah who told the sailors to throw Jonah into the sea, not God. But there's a sense in which when you start getting honest with God about like this situation, some blame, some anger, that's going to come out. And as it turns out, God is just fine with that. God is big enough to handle all the blame and anger you want to throw that way. We, uh, this, a, a few years ago, we had this uh, prayer time at, at church, we had this, uh, we had a board up here and, and people could come and, and share their the things that they were praying. We were talking about being really honest with God. And uh, a friend of mine, and he, he told me, I, I, he said it was his later. He, he wrote on his post-it note and he stuck it up there. He says, dear God, I forgive you for all the stupid things I've done. <laughs> it was so great, right? So great. It, there's actually a long history of this. So way back in the in the book of Proverbs, there's this um, there's this, there's this great line where it says in Proverbs 19, a person's own folly leads to their ruin, 
yet their heart rages against the Lord. Like, this is me, story of my life. Like, I mess things up. God, why didn't you make me a better person so I didn't do that? But this is what honest prayer is, right? This is, this is Jonah actually coming clean, actually owning the fact that they're messes, messes in his life. And, and it's just so vivid, right? He's in the depths. He's in the heart of the sea that, you know, he's covered over by the currents, the waves and the breakers. And it's a mess that Jonah made himself. And God is more than happy that Jonah is actually finally speaking even though there's a lot of blame and a lot of anger that perhaps is misdirected. But then in verse four, there's this shift. It says, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again to your holy temple. There's this moment, right, when Jonah feels like, man, I'm just, I feel so far away from you, God. And I don't need a show of hands to know that we know what this is like. Banished. I, why? I'm cut off. Where are you? And then that word, yet. Yet. Yet I'm, I'm going to turn and I'm going to look. Jonah's underwater. It's not like he can see the holy temple that he's looking towards, right? I mean, it's, it's not a thing. But you see what's happening. He's talking about his heart. He's like, I am, I'm reorienting. I'm actually going to pray. And that's a big deal. That's vulnerable. It's scary. To get to that point where you're like, this is a mess. I got some feelings about it. I'm kind of mad at you. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad, probably mad at myself. Certainly mad at some other people. But now I'm really going to face it. So we're going to have just a minute in quiet. You don't have to do like that super deep work of like, oh, I'm going to turn to God now for the first time in 500 years or whatever. But you can but what you can do in this minute of quiet is to say, huh, I wonder if there's a place, a place in my, in my life where I have felt cut off, banished, disconnected from God, maybe angry at God. What would it look like for me to take that vulnerable, courageous step and really talk honestly with God about that. So take a minute now. Just reflect on those things.
we'll read the next verse now. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head to the roots of the mountains I sank down. He goes on and on. It's this incredible description, right? What Jonah is actually talking about here, and, it, and it's kind of a little hard for us to get this straight, I think. Um, remember, he's, he's praying in the past tense. Like, this, this happened, and now I'm talking with you about it, God. Um, when he sank down to the roots of the mountain, right, and seaweed is wrapped around his head, and the, the engulfing waters threatened him, he's not writing about being in the belly of the fish. He's, he's writing about the previous crisis, which is he was drowning. He was in the ocean. He was sinking down and down and down. That's what this prayer is about. And so then this prayer takes this turn in verse 6. So to the roots of the mountain, I sank down. The earth barred me in. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Right? When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, and my prayer rose to you to your holy temple. What Jonah is saying is, Jonah is saying, thank you for this fish. I was, I was drowning, and you saved me. I love this fish. This smell, smelly, nasty belly of the fish. This is awesome. Thank you. And goes on later. He's like, you know, salvation belongs to the Lord. Like, I mean, it's, it's like this praise that God rescued him. It, it kind of flips things around because he's still in the belly of a fish. It's a bad place to be. But there's a sense in which Jonah now, by, by casting his, his glance backwards a bit, he realizes God has come through for me. God rescued me. And the current crisis I am in, God can handle that too. There's actually no prayer about being in the fish. Like, get me out of the fish. There's none of that. There's just this sense in like, ah, I've been rescued. And for a lot of us, the crises we are in now, in some ways, those are part of God's rescue for whatever was and for whatever will be. Now, I'm not saying that, that every situation that we're in is some gift. No. There is evil in the world. There is oppression and injustice. And we stand against and we cry against those. Absolutely. Absolutely. What I think the scripture is trying to speak to is that there's so many, particularly personal situations, life situations that we find ourselves in 
that if we could look backwards, if we could take a peek back and see that God was the God of the last rescue, then God could be the God of, of the next rescue. And that's where Jonah finally gets to that point of actually trusting that God is the God of the next rescue. So that letter that I read from earlier from, um, from a friend at church writing to other friends at church, she writes at the end, she says, we can see the light now. Thank you for pushing me out of my comfort zone, out of my fear, out of my, this is what I deserve because there was plenty of mess. She got pushed into more mess and yet it was kind of a risky mess that God really used. And she now, and this is sort of her benediction at the end. I am a glorious mess. Learning that every moment is alive and filled with God's love. Right? She, she's, she's turned that corner. She sees like, oh, God is in this thing. God was even with me in the belly of the whale. Um, so we're going to listen to a uh, just a brief little clip from a teacher, a woman named Christina Cleveland, who uh, is sort of a favorite of, of a number of us, who's done a lot of work on um, kind of activism and facing injustices, particularly in the church. Um, in this particular piece, she's talking about a very Jonah-ish situation. Like, and how Jonah was like terrified of dying, drowning, and how that became an invitation for Jonah. So I think we've got that. Hopefully this works. Christina Cleveland. I just want to remind you all what I said at the very beginning. Fear is evidence that we're alive. I spent so much time growing up thinking, that fear means that I'm a bad person, that I don't have faith, that I'm not strong, um, that I need to ignore my fears and not listen to them. Um, and now I know fear is just part of the human experience. It's proof that I'm alive. And also it's an invitation to intimacy. And now one of the things that I, I'm starting to pivot to when I fear is this idea that, oh, I feel this fear, that means abundance is wooing me. Abundance is saying, come here, Christina, bring that fear to me. I'm gonna hold it with you. I'm gonna show you what's real and what's not real. Fear is an invitation to intimacy. And that's what it was for Jonah, right? Fear was this invitation to intimacy. It's as he's sinking down and down. The word down goes all the way through the first chapter of Jonah. It comes up a bunch of times, all these images. And finally, right, finally it, it switches. And you see that he looks up. Um, I just, I want us to pause again here for just one more minute and just take a chance. Like, where might there be some fear because of the struggle that God might be using as an invitation to intimacy, to come back, to, to talk, to share, to be vulnerable.
Thanks. Um, we're just going to look at the, the very end of this prayer uh, and just kind of as, a, as an add-on here. Uh, it's kind of a lead into what's next, but um, you've probably done all the hard work you need to do already. So, In verse 8, Jonah says, Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. And you get this sense that Jonah can almost get to the point where he, he's naming himself, like, I turned away from your love. But he has to, you know, you know, people do that. You know, sometimes people turn away from your love. Imagine that. Okay, you know, he's getting closer, right? This is Jonah growing up. This is you and me growing up. This is our story too, right? God's love is there. There's an invitation to it. And we often turn away. We're going to look at some of those idols in the next couple of weeks, um, in the next couple of messages, but... Uh, and then in verse 9, the last little bit is, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. There's a sense, remember Brenda talking about sacrifice, not as like, oh, it's going to earn you something with God, or she talked about that last week. I think that's what, what Jonah is trying to say. I, I was thinking about it this morning. I was, I was thinking about the friend who wrote this letter. Right? I mean, it, it took them time to actually put pen to paper and a lot of vulnerability. Like there's sacrifice in, in coming this clean with other people and with God. I think that's the sort of thing that, that Jonah's talking about here. Like, yeah, I'm going to keep moving in ways that, that are costly, but that bring flourishing, that bring relational connection to myself, knowing that I've got some growing to do. I'm almost there, able to own some stuff, not quite, but yeah, like I'm going to be vulnerable with myself, with others, with God. That's how Jonah sort of closes us out, and we'll continue to work on these themes in the next few weeks. Um, Brenna Ruby,